0: Hello everyone, thanks for tuning in here on this very special edition of the Second Drafts podcast. This is something that uh, kind of came out of the blue, very spontaneous, and I I had to do a podcast about it. Uh, this is a big week here in Bozeman. Uh, if you're a football fan at all, you're probably familiar with a group of guys from ESPN called uh, Game Day. And they are coming to bozeman in fact they got in i think earlier this week and they're doing uh, a highlight of the bozeman i'm sorry the montana state university of montana football game called the brawl of the wild which is i think this year is the 121st playing of this game this rivalry and so i thought i know i've been on a hiatus a bit but i thought you know i know a guy who would be fun to interview for something like this. And so, um, for those of you who are football fans, this is gonna be right up your alley. And I don't wanna get any grief from anybody from here on out about me never talking about sports, okay? This whole thing is dedicated to football and a few other items, of course. I couldn't just let the game go by without also talking about some meaning, of course. So that's what we're doing football the kind involving pigskin rather than soccer moms is all the rage in america regardless of level professional college high school middle school pop warner playground whatever football is a fan favorite even more so with something like the state of montana's brawl of the wild this 121 year old rivalry i mentioned Between the University of Montana Grizz, which I think I'm supposed to boo there, and the Montana State Bobcats, which, of course, I would uh, would cheer for. Um, In the late 1990s, a skinny high school kid from Wyoming named Mike Woodbury came to Montana State University in Bozeman as a walk-on hopeful. During his four years at MSU, Mike had to work harder than most to overcome his smaller size and bouts with multiple injuries, eventually starting at linebacker his junior and senior years and earning a full-ride scholarship and accolades most would not have picked him to win it was during this time that mike also came to faith in jesus christ and mike and i go to church together i've known his family his wife shannon they have four kids and um, he's just always been a a friend to me and we've um, we've always just talked a lot of different topics not just football that's the thing i appreciate about mike is he could talk football but he can talk a whole lot of other things as well so peaches and i thought it might be fun to talk with mike about his msu glory days which he will tell you and i think you are you will hear they were really all about giving the real glory to god so mike welcome thanks for being here
1: yeah greg thanks for having me excited well, to be
0: here i'm uh i, I don't know if, if this brings back memories of all the if you had to do after-game press junkets and things like that, did you do any of those? It was a little
1: a little smaller-time football than it is today, okay. but there were there were there were some interviews with with media and radio stations and things like that. Okay. But, uh so long ago, I can barely remember.
0: <laughs> now, you played, you were at MSU late 90s. What, what year did you start?
1: <clears throat> yep, so started in 97 and then finished uh, football and school in the fall of 01.
0: So. Fall of '01. So, it's been about 20 years since you played your last game, which, you told me, was the Brawl of the Wild game as we tie that in. And um, that's that's all, it, it's just a great story for a kid who grew up in Glen Rock, Wyoming, which I relate to this so much, a tiny town of 2,000 people, and you told me it had one stoplight. You got us beat, oh, it does it, it? it?
1: One four-way stop. Oh, one four, okay. that's no stoplights.
0: Okay, we didn't have a stoplight either, mm-hmm. town of 1,200. So, I mean, we're right, we're right there together. Um, but that's where you came to love football. What was it like growing up? And, and tell us a little bit about how football entered the picture.
1: Yeah, so um, I grew up on a, on a suburb of Glenrock, actually, if, if there's such <laughs> a <laughs> thing, such a thing in a suburb of a town that size, but um, kind of out in the country, there were some houses out in that area, and um, just neighborhood kids. We'd go out in the backyard, or you know, my family wasn't a big sport family, but a lot of theirs were, and so we'd watch a football game and then pop out in the backyard and just throw the ball around and tackle each other. And um,
0: now, did you have brothers and sisters?
1: I, I am the youngest of four four kids. Um, kind of a, a caboose. So I'm five years younger than my next older sibling. Um, And yeah, you know, they did did some sports, but we weren't, we weren't really a big sports family. Okay.
0: And so how did, uh, so just watching it and when was the first time that you, you really kind of said, Hey, I really like this. Like, this is something I'm interested in doing more of.
1: Yeah, it was definitely at a young age because we would, we would rally the neighborhood kids and we would play. And at some, I was a fast kid. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, I was having a lot of success. Like, I was, <laughs> I was getting open. I was catching touchdowns. I was chasing guys down bigger than me and tackling them. And I was like, I'm good at this. Okay. So this is fun. So early in age, early age, for sure.
0: Early age. And so that went on through high school. You played different levels, I'm guessing. Played high school. You were all-state junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. And then talk a little bit about what happened after, I mean, your senior year as you're, you're, you're being recruited a little bit by – some regional college, colleges there, but you're also being recruited because of your speed and track, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so a lot of the smaller schools in the area had reached out to me for both football and track. Some wanted me to do both. Some schools just had one or the other. Um, I'd actually you know, gone to football camps at the University of Wyoming they don't have a lot of Wyoming kids. It's a small state. There's sure. not there's not a lot of D1. And, you know, it's a bigger level than Montana State. So it's not a lot of D1 athletes in in, in, in Wyoming. So they're
0: bringing folks in.
1: They're bringing folks in, mostly recruiting kind of the Denver area at that time. Um, but I grew, grew up going to some of those camps, got on their radar. And then, yeah, they they did ask me to join the team. But I had a full ride there academically. Um, was that
0: before they asked you on that, the football end?
1: That was before. And I'm, I'm sure that kind of made it a little easier for them to be like, sure. hey, this, this kid's free for us and um you know has the potential to maybe play at this level. But um but yeah, so I I didn't really have a great plan of attack. I knew I wanted to study computer science and that they did not have that Mm -hmm. at at University of Wyoming, the computer engineering, but not quite the degree I wanted. Um and uh and yeah, so I I got some pressure to attend there, but just didn't feel right for what I wanted to study and um so we just started looking at other smaller schools and and had some scholarship offers. Um, I do remember we, my, we had a recruiting trip up this way in Montana. I'd never been to Montana, didn't know anything about the schools. I didn't know, I have never heard of the town of Bozeman. I had no okay. idea what it was. And, uh, one of the places that was offered me a scholarship was, uh, Montana Tech of Butte. And so my dad said, Hey, we're going to drive through this town called Bozeman. You should, you know, reach out to them and, you know, and, um, so I did. And the track coaches right away were, were pretty excited about, um, getting to know me a little bit, um, remotely and. And started recruiting me at that time. Um, the football coaches didn't know me from Adam, mm-hmm. and so um, we were driving through to Butte. We stopped the day in Bozeman. Uh, I sp- I kind of spent the day alone, just walking around campus. I was like, wow, it's a beautiful place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, met the football coaches, and um, and they were, they were like, hey, nice to meet you. You know, your track track. You know, I had I set the state record in the 110 hurdles in Wyoming, and um, and so I had speed, and they they're like, hey, you got some potential here, but we're full. Like we've mm-hmm. signed all the kids, we got no room. So you're welcome to join our team, but you got to walk on when school starts. We can only have so many kids in the roster per NCAA rules. And they were already
0: starts. practicing, or they were getting ready to practice in the spring or well, summer. So, so
1: this was a this was in the this was in the winter okay. the winter recruiting season. Um, well, spring recruiting, like they had already kind of filled up all their spots. So far enough along that they had filled up their spots, but early enough that um, that there was still recruiting happening, I guess, for some of the, the smaller schools. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah. So then by the time I so I decided to go there, which my dad was like, well, hang on a second. <laughs> the one school, you don't have some sort of a, you know, scholarship, help academically or athletically this, well, you know, but he was supportive.
0: Now, what what was the, I mean, was it just because of the major, like they didn't have computer science, but you had a full ride. So you were a good student in high school, but you just felt like that just wasn't, um, it yeah. wasn't the full thing you were looking for?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was a 4.0 student, had the full ride academically. There was also kind of a, a sense of University of Wyoming. Like a lot of people just went there. Um, a lot of a lot of my classmates or you know people I grew up with, and it just sure. it just seemed like um, not far enough not far enough away from home, not okay. quite different enough from mm-hmm. from my from what I had grown up with, and I just wanted something a little bit different. But mm-hmm. honestly, it was mostly the the major. Like I, I wanted to study computer science. If they had it, I probably would have went there.
0: Okay. So even as at a young age, you weren't completely blinded by football it was something you enjoyed like but it wasn't the kind of thing where i mean so so much of what goes on now is just you know football is the almighty mm-hmm. idol And for those of you who um maybe take offense at that um yeah i said it <laughs> um it's an idol i mean it's mm-hmm. it's something our, that we have made so huge in our country at all levels but it seems like you were able to at least have some perspective even as you were processing through that did that come from your dad
1: yeah i mean i think definitely part of that was for my family they they never made sports bigger than it needed to be they were always supportive but you know i wasn't getting picked up and you know getting drilled about how the game went or how practice went or Mm. you should have done this you should have done that um my dad in particular was just he's a really quiet man Mm. and so growing up i had a good relationship with him love him to death but we would we would spend we'd go backpacking to and we would spend a week together and barely barely mm. talk at all mm. like he was just very very quiet so mm. so um it was just a different culture and time in the, in the country sure. too, so There wasn't quite that same level of of um of seriousness and then another aspect to it was um i was I was very worldly mm. and part of my vision for what college needed to be you know um was kind of the party scene hmm. and so i you know i i had my eyes on other things as well that hmm. weren't um also you know other other kinds of idols we'll say right <laughs> sure. so that's well said so that kind of um change you know so it wasn't all about football but it wasn't necessarily all about other good good things either yeah
0: so you came to montana state you walked on what was that process like other than much hazing and harassment and
1: <laughs> yeah it it was a it was a tough it was tougher than I thought it would be mm-hmm. you know i you know i was uh, i was a star in high school and, and and a good player and i just thought you know okay yeah i'm walking on but i'm still going to be on the team and you know i'm going to quickly you know shine and and uh, boy, that first day, they, they they had about seven or eight of us walk on that first day of school, and they tried to get us all to quit right there that first day. <laughs> and they just ran us and ran us. I think it was about three hours of just running. Um, I think actually after that first day, it was just me and another another friend that he ended up sticking out, and he played. and, and Now, we, were they we, running everybody, friends. or just the just walk-ons? Just us, just us. Okay, everybody so else was so practicing, we just ran. So and we're weeding out, for we're sure. We're weeding out, yep. Yeah, they definitely tried to run us off. A <laughs> buddy and I you know, stuck around f- through that. Um, And then uh, just, you know, yeah, I mean, like, um, because I was late, you know, it was like, okay, there's a locker 66 that's open. Uh, So that's right in the middle of the offense and defensive linemen, big, huge guys, (laughs) just happened to be some of the seniors. And they're like, yeah, yeah." they they don't think they ever even learned my name. Like, they just called me Wyoming. And uh, they're like, Wyoming, uh, you know, you you can't shower until we're gone, right? Mm -hmm. So we got, you know, this is our space, and uh, you're welcome to, to use this locker, but only after we've left and so because
0: you were uh, how big were you then
1: oh i was 180 at 180 pounds and how tall six foot
0: six foot 180
1: okay mm-hmm. yeah and these you know ty o'connor he was 6'6 and probably 285 <laughs> right you know so much different uh it was it was it was eye-opening and um and yeah they weren't terrible but it was it was hard mm-hmm. it was hard
0: and so but they did did they come to accept you a little bit? I mean, was Wyoming eventually welcomed? Or
1: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, you know, uh, those guy those two guys in particular that kind of set that rule were seniors, so didn't have a lot of time with them. But I do, I do remember. You know, years later, Ty was on the sideline. I interact with Ty a lot now, but he was on the sideline. uh was my senior year, and he had come back to watch a game. And and uh, during the game, he pulls me aside on the sideline. He's like. Wyoming. I never thought you'd amount to much, you know, and and you're doing great. So kind of an ultimate compliment, I guess so. You know,
0: whether he knew it or not. Mm -hmm. Now there was so you're walking on. You're trying to make the team. There were also other things that took place during during that time, and talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So you know, because you were
0: having a hard time,
1: having a hard time. It was it was hard. Like it was it was hard. And and then just kind of the way the. just didn't end up clicking with a lot of people. Didn't feel like I was part of the team. It was kind of in a weird dorm with, you know, not a lot of guys that had a lot in common. Mm. A couple, couple good friends that are that I'm still friends with now. But just, just kind of felt on the outside, and um, and it got long and it got hard and a lot of a lot of beat down, and um, it got to the point where I was I was pretty depressed, but mm. that year um but along the way when well, you were also
0: getting used to Montana yeah and the snow and the weather yeah and, I, I think mean, you had y- some of that in Wyoming, Wyoming, I think
1: was probably colder to be honest with the, okay. with, with the wind and everything wind. so okay. um so yeah i didn't mind that part but um but along the way there was a, a teammate um who loved the lord and uh you know i i grew up going to church church camps and things and um sunday school and you know i thought i thought i was a christian um but you know looking back i, de- I definitely wasn't but this um this friend of mine i mean he he he's still a dear friend lives in Bozeman still and um, but he was he just lived different life you know and it was kind of the first time there was a person my age who I really felt like you know put their money where their mouth was when it came to their faith um, and just just had a joy and, a, and, a, and a, he worked so hard you know in the, in the weight room and and practice and things so this this guy just earned my respect right away um, and he invited me to church and um, it was kind of it was at, towards the end of that first year. I remember uh, a pastor that's still ministering here in the Valley and is is a good friend now, but he just shared a sermon about, you know, um, you know, true faith, there's evidence, you know, faith without works is dead. And if there's no fruit in your life, you know, you, you know, that's not probably saving faith. And, and, uh, and I remember leaving that sermon saying, wow, like, that describes me. Like mm. there's like I, I say I'm a Christian, but there's nothing about my life that lines up with what that means. Is mm. and as far as I knew at that time, what, what that even meant. So, so it struck me, you know. And I think that kind of started a process where God started working in my heart. Um, I can't say like it was overnight by True. any means, but it kind of started this process of some conviction that and seeds being sown and seeds that were there from from childhood for sure and in mm-hmm. those camps and church and stuff, but just some
0: conviction that over time really started to, to have a big, big change in my life. And what, you know, I, where, how, how would you see that change? Like what were some of the things that maybe that first year you, you weren't necessarily doing, but that second year you were taking baby steps?
1: Sure. Sure. First year, just dis- despondent very much in the party scene, very much chasing girls. Um, and then uh, you know, and, and being pretty convinced that that's that's what life was about, and that was going to be very fulfilling. But then, instead, feeling very hollow, very dirty, very convicted, um, very just full of shame, you know. And so that was kind of where I was at. And then as I started pursuing the Lord and um, spending time with other you know with with Christians and 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 just started getting a different view of what life could be. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, so I think. Uh, Change was starting to happen, Um, and again, it was it was a process, but it was noticeable to my teammates. Mm And in in fact, I remember on a road trip, um, there was such a change in my life. One of my um, we were playing Idaho State, and we were at the hotel before the game was a night game, so we had to kill a lot of time at the hotel. And um, this teammate had seen a change in my life to the point where he opened up the drawer, pulled up the Gideon Bible, threw it on the bed, and said, "Hey, you got five minutes. Tell me what this is all about." Um, now that was a pretty defining moment for me because were you equipped? I was not. Okay. I was not. And, and, uh, so like I had, I had, a, the Lord was working in my life enough that I was, I was changed. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was a change in my life and my mm-hmm. teammates could see that, but I didn't know his word. I, right. I, I was just such a baby Christian and I just hemmed and hawed and I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to say. And, um, and that really was, that, that really challenged me. And, um. And after that, I really committed to, to really reading God's word and, and, and pouring into that more. And and that's when I started mm-hmm. to you know really learn the scriptures and, mm-hmm. and learn the, the gospel and, and to really dig in more. And that's when my life really started to change. Even though I had been going to church and there was already a change in my life, I hadn't taken that real personal devotion serious and that real mm-hmm. personal study of the scripture serious. And, and uh, once I did, that really started really changed my life pretty quick.
0: Mm-hmm. I so relate to that. I mean, I I wasn't an athlete in college. I played, you know, up through high school. But I went to school at the University of Missouri. And that first year, I had come to faith when I was 14. But I I think of Proverbs 19, it's not good to have zeal without knowledge, nor to be hasty and miss the way. And that Mm -hmm. just completely described my first year at college where... I was in this new world very different from the 1200 person town I grew up in and I had a lot of zeal but I didn't know beans when the bag was open about Christ and what I really I mean I'd I'd seen it lived out and I'd seen what I thought it could look like but I didn't I never really had it described scripturally like I never really found that in in the scriptures because I didn't know, I wasn't reading them, I didn't know how. I didn't know where to start. And uh, I met with a guy um, for basically the last two and a half years of college where he and I just met every week and we read the Bible together. And he was an older guy and just sat down and answered my questions. And you know, that was that was key. And it sounds like you had a very similar experience in terms of getting help for what you, you said you believed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, a um, cu- couple people I would just highlight. One was the there was a retired couple in Bozeman, who you know their kids had all moved out, had grown up in adult age, and she became the football secretary solely as a mission field. Oh, you know, kind of a second half of of life, kind of you know, uh, you know, hey, let's continue to minister, and um, through that they hosted football athlete Bible studies. And they just poured into a lot of our lives, mine included, and just huge, huge impact. Love them to death. They're they're still very dear to to, to, to my wife and I, and a lot of my friends. Um, so they were they were very instrumental. And then uh, some people on staff with crew had a really big impact in my life then as well. And and then and then teammates hmm. for sure.
0: How many believers were on the team as you think back? You know, go over over the four years. Were yeah. I mean, we talking. Fifty percent. So no, I'm guessing no, no. probably not that.
1: So, it, you know, it, I was just having this conversation last night with a uh, with a friend. Um, so at early when I first got there, very limited presence. And in fact, I, I told you about that being unequipped and had that story. That ride home, I end up sitting next to a kid from Colorado that I barely knew. He's a year younger than me. And um, we start talking, and I find out, oh, he's a Christian. And I'm like, oh, I'm a Christian, too. And I told him that story, and he's like, oh, that's awesome. I wish I had that opportunity. And I was like, I honestly, I didn't even know what to tell him. And mm-hmm. so we spent the whole bus ride back from from uh, Pocatello just talking about our faith and all this. And so we ended up becoming roommates and, and close friends and sharpened each other quite a bit over the years. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it, yeah, I kind of forgot what your question was. <laughs> no,
0: no, I just, it, you know, who... How many were on the team? Oh, right, right. right. Sorry,
1: sorry. So, 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 you know. So, I, I would say at that time, maybe four or five of us, really, at, okay. at, at, in uh, very small numbers. And then, by the time I left, um, there was probably twenty-five of us praying after every practice.
0: Really? And, um, and was and that something that you helped start, or you were I, definitely yeah, I, a I mean, part of? I
1: was a part of it, but there was a lot of young kids that moved in. There was um, a young man who's um, who's now a pastor here in Bozeman. Um, and I, if you kind of look at what happened in the, in the generations that kind of followed my class, um, I think I could name eight people who are in full-time ministry right now mm-hmm. that played football there that kind of followed up, um, kind of that came in after us. And then I think there was a period where all of a sudden there wasn't very many yeah. again. And now I think if you go up there, you'll find probably 25 guys regularly studying the Bible together on, that, wow. on the football team up there. So it's kind of been interesting how there's been these seasons where there's been a, a lot of believers on the team.
0: Yeah. So halfway through you're you're getting a little bit of playing time freshman more sophomore year mm-hmm. and but you were playing safety then right because you were quick and you could cover the deep pass all that stuff and as i know your story a little bit you were built more physically as a safety it seems no mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily where you ended up how come
1: yeah um heading so I, I played a lot my sophomore year especially second half of the season at safety both free safety and strong safety so having special teams and all because the special your teams team. yep so heading into my junior season I uh, was playing strong safety and you know was at that position all through fall camp all through spring ball all through fall camp and um, but I, for that position I was pretty big pretty fast pretty strong and I was like man I had I had I, you know, I was I was a little proud about and I had high high hopes for me were you ago.
0: at that point were you thinking NFL? Are you thinking beyond?
1: I, I, so, I was. The reality is, I was never that kind of player, sure. and I was never going to be. But I thought,
0: I thought, but, man, but it was in your mind.
1: It it was, particularly mostly because I was exceptional in the weight room. Yeah. Um, just you know, I, for whatever reason, I was really good. I was really strong, and so kind of you know, I had the biggest power clean on the team. Okay. 100, 190 pounds As a safety <laughs> power clean 352 pounds, and you know, back squatted like 530 bench. 330. So I was strong. And so I was like, you know, these are numbers that are at that level. But the reality was I was, I was probably never that kind of athlete to, to play at that level. But at the time I I had, you know, yeah, who, was, knows? who knows, who knows, who knows. So um, the week of the first game, um, we had an injury at linebacker. Coaches pulled me aside after practice and say, listen, we've got a guy who hurt. We need to move you to, to weak side linebacker. Have you ever played linebacker? <laughs> <laughs> no, like not in high school. Like, no, ne- never. I've, I've never played a snap at linebacker. Um, so, There there we go. And that whole season, you know, I hadn't I hadn't ever been really been taught linebacker technique. And that whole season was really just about what's my assignment? Mm -hmm. Right. Who who do I got in this coverage? Who I got in that coverage? What's my gap responsibility? And so um it was a lot drinking from a fire hose. The first game was two practices later and I'm out there playing in a game at that position and um and undersized, way undersized. Um and so it was it was humbling. I did okay, you know. I did okay. I wasn't wasn't great. Um, We had some really good guys on the D line that that made it possible. Probably, yeah. They 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 were outstanding. A lot of lot of incredible players in the D line. So um, so yeah. So that first that first season at linebacker, I remember at the end of the Grizz game up in Missoula. They ran a lot of two tight end sets. i up on the line of scrimmage, and they're you know 250 pound tight end. you had having of, to pick one of them. He, he manhandled me, you know, and they <laughs> they ran past me a couple times, and and I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna put on the weight in the off season. And I'm gonna I'm gonna come back ready to go. But uh, but yeah, that, that season it was fine. I did, I did fine, but I I wasn't uh it wasn't the season I had hoped for. Sure.
0: Well, um, it's such a switch. I mean, who so when you were growing up, or even as you were playing. Like who were the safeties in the in the NFL? Steve that Atwater. Atwater, Steve in Atwater, Denver? sure, one hundred
1: percent. Just because yeah. he, I mean, he was pretty fierce, very fierce, very physical. And uh, yeah, and I grew up, you know, three hours north of Denver. Sure, Steve Allen. And is
0: that the is that the way? Would you describe that's how you played or wanted to play? Was that your style?
1: I, I missed a lot of tackles because I was trying to hit like Steve, uh, Steve Allen.
0: <laughs> so absolutely. Yeah. What about when you switched to linebacker? Where was there someone else that you were looking at trying to emulate?
1: Not not really. Um, it was so I was playing so instinctual because yep. I you know I didn't.
0: You didn't know what you didn't. know. I didn't
1: know what I didn't know, yeah. and I had never really thought of that as a position for me. And yeah, I mean, I was 195 pounds playing playing up there in linebacker. It was so it was more kind of just 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 don't make a mistake mm-hmm. and make the plays that come my way. And um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot, I mean I loved playing the game of football. I really liked it. But uh, but no, like I, I wasn't sitting back and saying you know it was literally a lot of what I did knowing I was undersized is I would study the opponents what so i could know what the tendencies so you, were you tried to outsmart them. 100% yeah. 100% that was your advantage yeah 100%
0: and so let's put a pause here let's talk about that mentality cuz from from the from the first time i met you and every conversation we've ever had you've always been nice to me which i've always appreciated kind just kind of a gentle spirit and yet I know that you could rip my head off if you wanted to, or you may be used to, but what talk about the mentality of a football player, and was there, what was the mentality, I think, before you? Does it change even as a Christian? Or, I mean, are, you're playing a game, and that's just what it is. How, how do you think about that?
1: Yeah, so I like to think the Lord's been at work in my life, so I, I hope I'm a gentler spirit than I was then. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, you know, the... Had a, had a fuse, a short fuse, and, okay. and, and had some, you know, got me in some trouble at different times. Um, but, uh, you know, I went to an athletes in action camp in between my junior and, se- between my sophomore and junior season. And at that camp, they really taught us about, hey, you know, we're called to work hard as hardly as under the Lord, as believers. And our effort in our sports can can point to Him and can can honor Him with our with our effort. Um, and so I, I think that really helped me kind of understand the, playing hard and playing physical was part of the game and that effort and and, you know and not in in, i didn't want to hurt people Mm -hmm. but i wanted to beat them yeah you know and i wanted to give it my all every play and so um, was there a
0: time where you would have said maybe i wanted to hurt some people without it out
1: yeah all through high school if i had a chance i was i was -hmm. happy to put a hit on somebody for Mm -hmm. sure and, uh, and yeah, you know, it was fun to make a big hit in, sure. in, in football, but my men, my mentality had definitely changed where I wanted to pick the guy up after the play and
0: pat him on the butt. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've, I just, it takes, it seems like it takes so much, I mean, whether at the college level or certainly the professional level, you just see so much, um, so much emotion that comes out and. I get really tired and it doesn't teach our kids well, the taunting, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, people may say, oh, Craig, you're just, you're being too sensitive. Well, I, I like, I used to, I mean, I remember watching guys who, you know, they would make a great play and they would just get back up and run the next play or they would make a stop and it wasn't about them. And it seems like there's so much posing going on now and obviously television, social media, YouTube, none of that helps. But I was just curious, you know, I know there has to be a mentality of getting ready and being at a certain level mentally. But what does it really take to, to be there and to, to experience success there that maybe we just don't need some of this other stuff?
1: I, I'm, I'm 100% convinced we don't. Um, I can point to plenty of NFL players that are very godly, play the game in a very godly way and very violent aggressive <laughs> attack way um there was a role model that was actually a couple years younger than me um that played as a true freshman i believe john montoya and he's a, he's a pastor sure. here in the valley and i had to go against him in practice at times mm. and and it was like a wild animal that had come out of a cage <laughs> yeah. and the minute the whistle was blown you know it's like the nicest guy mm. but between those whistles it was a it was a it was a it was a just for ferocity, ferocious, you know a ferocious play that was just overwhelming and uh he ended up being all-american but man he was never about him you know he never showboat and he picked the guy up and he was just a good role model and we just humility was a big a big part of what we were talking about in our in our christian circle at that time and and platform and trying Mm -hmm. to point people to christ like there was a real intentionality of hey we got a platform here we need to use it for the right thing so i think that seasoned it Uh, but there's so many examples even in nfl today that are really godly men that play really hard and and um, but it's not they're not showboaty. they're not
0: you know who are a couple of those that you really
1: m- like one of my favorite I actually just recently retired but Benjamin Watson is a is a is a gentleman who's played all around the leagues, got a lot of things but one of the one of my favorite things to see in any sport is effort mm-hmm. It's just people who just give it their all and there's a great play when he was playing for the Patriots where I think it was Champ Bailey intercepted a pass and he was on the opposite side of the field and he had to run like 90 yards full speed. And he does, and he saves a touchdown, mm-hmm. and he comes out of nowhere, and it's a highlight reel that you can go find on YouTube. Um, and knowing that he was a believer, and his his mentality out there was, I'm going to give it my all every play, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to point people to the Lord through my effort and my attitude, um, really inspires me, you know. So, so that's one. Um, I'm not as quite up to the game uh, these days, but uh, but there's there's plenty others that mm-hmm. are that are that are really classy guys for sure right now in the
0: league. Well, and part of I think your I mean, that, that whole idea of effort was so much of your modus operandi because you didn't have the size. If you're going to get bigger, you're going to have to put effort in. The, the speed came naturally, and you, you used it. But so you're, you're through your junior year now. What happens, what happens next? Yeah, so um, get
1: through the junior season. Like I said, that last game, I vowed on the field in Missoula. I'm gonna go put on twenty five pounds and I'm gonna come back. Just because you were I was, tired of getting I, I, run over by tight ends. Mr. Fitzgerald, I am gonna <laughs> I am gonna handle you next year. Okay. You know? So he was it, coming back too. He was coming back okay. too. And good good player. Um um classy guy. I don't you know, and uh um, sure. but I was like I, that's not happening again. So I started putting the work in right away and um ate like like very disciplined and having to eat constantly and supplements and lifting and it was it was it was full go. Um so yeah, I you know, I probably finished that season at 93 and, um, you know, come back, we'll call it end of January. I'm probably up to 217, 218. Um, so, so you're
0: about there on 25. Yeah.
1: I'm yeah, you know, putting the weight on pretty quick and getting, um, feeling pretty good about that. You know, I'm pretty excited about that. The speed was increasing as well. Like really, we, like we had a really good training staff getting really big, fast, strong. Um, but yeah, so then come in, I'm just warming up for a lifting session. Don't have a lot of weight on the bar doing a front squat and, uh, I hear a pop. In my back, mm. lower back, and I was like, huh? that was weird, and it felt weird." By the end of that day, I couldn't walk, you know, and um, and I had a pretty serious back injury, and kind of messed around a little bit for a while, a couple of weeks with the trainers and different, you know, different things. Finally, um, uh, lost some time there, but finally get a, you know, get in to see the team doctor and the back surgeon, breath orthopedic surgeon, and he's like, "Well, let's get an MRI, see what we're dealing with," and um, he brings the MRI up and he says you have a pretty serious injury and you need back surgery and I can get you in tomorrow morning. I was like, (laughs) let's do it. So, um, and this is what time of the year? This was probably, um, I I think I, I think I heard it in January and I think we hemmed and hawed and messed around with different kind of treatments and rest and physical therapy for about two months, but I still couldn't feel my leg. I was still struggling to walk. Um, and they're finally Like maybe you should actually see a doctor and, and get some real real treatment. So this was probably getting into April.
0: Okay.
1: And um, yeah, so the doctor's like, listen, you know, it doesn't look terrible in the MRI. Should be a thirty minute surgery. And what was it? Uh, herniated disc okay. is what the was what he, th- what he thought he saw on the on the MRI when he went when I so I woke up um, uh, hadn't expected it, but all my coaches were there, mm. um, and they all looked really somber you know, some kind of coming to, and I was, oh, it's nice of them to show up, you know, <laughs> kind of surprised, but uh, I was like, who, who died? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and the doctor's like, Mike, you, that was about a four hour surgery. Oh, uh, wow. You don't, you didn't realize, but your back was massively injured. Um, there was a lot of trauma there and you've had, you had injuries you must not have known about. It was very arthritic and they had to cut all this bone away and yeah, there was a hurry and a disc, but, you know, so um, I was like, oh, that's, that's bad. And he's like, I don't, Think you're ever going to play football again,
0: mm.
1: and that was that was hard to hear. Um, I really really liked the game of football and put so much effort in. Sure. And um, the thought of missing out on my senior season, I was just devastated. I was like, oh. So I'm like, um, what well, can I try? He's like, So <laughs> like, you don't got a lot of time between now and the season, but start rehabbing and we'll see what happens. Um, you know, and I'll do all I can to help help you get ready. And um, so started that process.
0: And the coaches were probably devastated as well because you were, yeah, you know. Uh, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't the best player on the team, you know, sure. um, but I was a starter, you yeah. know, and so they, yeah, they had to,
0: they were going to, it was going to cost them another safety if yep. you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, back.
1: exactly. So, so
0: yeah, I mean, and uh, they're good guys. Uh, I, I had great coaches, um, but yeah. So you start that process. What are the conversations? Are there conversations going on? between you and God about all this? Like what, are, what are the things Absolutely.
1: that are... Absolutely. F- I, I should have brought my journal from that time. <laughs> I look at a few entries. But, um, you know, um, I don't remember ever feeling any anger at God. Mm-hmm. I don't remember being overly dep- depressed about it or discouraged spiritually. Um, because this was this was still that... that um, heart on fire season of a new believer Mm -hmm. you know I was still just just so excited to know the Lord and um
0: so even this wasn't a huge setback in that regard not
1: spiritually no um and uh good good community of believers around me at that time and and a lot of support so I didn't I don't remember it really being a a big spiritual battle um uh but it it was a physical battle for sure um and it was it was humbling I, I would probably say that Definitely, without a doubt, through both these circumstances, the, the position change and then this injury. Without a doubt, one of the lessons the Lord was teaching me was humility, because because mm. both had a very serious humbling effect. Um, when I came back, you know, I didn't so didn't do spring ball because of the back injury. Sure, tons of new, you know, we were we, was a coaching change had happened before my junior year, so a lot of guys had t- transitioned, so they brought in a ton of new guys. And I didn't do any practice through fall, most of fall. So camp. you had to
0: earn your position back a little bit. I, I,
1: I there were guys in the team that didn't know who I was. right. And I'm like I have been, I'm a fifth year senior, <laughs> and there are guys like who are you? Yep. You know, and that that was humbling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like I was a starter last year. That's who I am. You know, <laughs> um, but uh, so that was hard to be like on the outside looking in again, just like I was as a walk on, having to earn a spot. I, you know, um, mm-hmm. here I was on the outside again. I was like ah, I felt like I was part of something, and now I'm not again. So mm-hmm. that that was the hard, probably the hardest part um was just that being humbled Mm -hmm. to be honest
0: and you you skipped spring ball went through summer continued rehab season starts in the fall where are you
1: yeah i didn't wear the pads once all through fall 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 camp um i did travel the team in the first game i I played one play Mm -hmm. coach pulled me and he's like you are not ready (laughs) i wasn't um I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't I mean, done any more. That was the first to, time I'd worn in the past. What's to be
0: expected? I mean, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, Second game, I don't think, I, I think I played, a, I think, uh, I think I maybe played a little bit on special teams second game, but it still was like super tentative. Like, can I even hit somebody? What's my back going to do? Um, but then the third game it's the day of the game. It's uh, We're playing Cal Street Northridge. I don't think they even have a football program, program anymore, but they're a big sky school here in Bozeman. We go to, go to chapel, go to lunch or breakfast, come back to the locker room, start getting ready. And I'm just thinking, you know, I'm going to play a few special teams and cheer on from the sideline again. And uh, coach comes in, says, Woodbury, come here. And he says, you know, so-and-so got a concussion. Don't know how it happened, but uh, – Another linebacker? Another linebacker. What is it with these linebackers? I think it was actually the same kid that <laughs> got, got another concussion. And uh, he's like, we need you to start at strong side linebacker. Day. So not only – start. Right. I haven't been practicing, but start at strong side. I had never taken a snap at strong side.
0: And for those uninitiated in football, strong side is?
1: Yeah, so uh, especially, especially when you're... There's a lot to, there's a lot of ways I could describe it. To try to keep it simple. Usually teams are running a tight end. They have an extra blocker on that side. Okay. So a strong side linebacker is more a bigger guy playing the run. Take it on offensive line. And that's linemen. where they're going. That's where the team's generally going to run the ball. and So you have a bigger guy there right. to try to hold the line against the bigger guys. And um, you know, some teams do a lot of receiver sets, but usually you don't have an extra linebacker. You would take the linebacker out and replace it with more of a DB type in mm-hmm. that scenario. So, but in the big sky at that time, pretty much everybody was running a tight end and, and running that running running at the the strong side. So, um, so yeah, coach, like, can you start? So I'm I'm literally like, I've never practiced that position, but but I did take the mental aspect of being the preparation sure. seriously, right? And I knew the I knew the defense really well, so like that was always something that helped me. Was I this the mind for the game and understanding our defense and what the, what we were trying to do? So I was like, yeah, I know the I know my assignments. I mm-hmm. I'm, you know I'll definitely I was excited. I was like, here we go, <laughs> get to play get to play some football. Um, but I was also I, I found a quiet spot in the field house. The field house was totally empty. I grabbed a seat in the bleachers and I sat. There and I started praying. I was like, Lord, I'm the I'm the smallest I've ever been mm-hmm. since you know which not quite true, but I, I, I'm small. I'm stiff. I'm weak. I'm slow. And I'm playing a spot I've never practiced. I've never taken a snap in practice. I got nothing. Mm. So, Lord, you got you to, gotta, if you don't, if you don't, if, you know, I need your help. Mm. I, I need your help. I, I bring nothing to this table. And um, I remember just really um, opening up and looking at the story of David and Goliath, and I just kind of felt like that. It's like, I, mm. I'm i outmatched. I'm outmatched, and I need your help. Um, and uh, went out and uh, had one of my best games of my, of my career. Mm. And coaches afterwards were like, <laughs> where did that come from <laughs> so you know and it, was, and it was a chance for me to say yeah, praise God you know hmm. I prayed about it and and uh, and he helped me hmm. and so I ended up starting the rest of the season at that position um, coaches uh, lied about my weight in the program <laughs> so their teams wouldn't run at me um,
0: what did they say you weighed? <laughs> they they like
1: 225 225 I was like 195 <laughs> at best I
0: know. so um, he shrunk yeah honey I shrunk the linebacker <laughs> So one of the things, I mean, that's such a great story just in terms of both the need, the opportunity, and I think the willingness. One of the things I've always thought about athletics and, and, and sports in general, a lot of times I grew up with, with you know, it being said that sports builds character, that kind of thing. And I i guess I want to look back just in my own experience, but then also um, as, as I've watched this you know, unfold on... Lots of different sports, lots of different levels. There's this idea, I guess, that i I gravitate more toward and that sports reveals character. And it's not that it has to be binary where it's one or the other. I mean, obviously things build into that. But at the same time, you know we've seen what sports has done. In the lives of people, good and not so good. And how, how do you think about that? And how do you know, because you're doing volunteer coaching now, you're coaching kids, you've got four kids, all of whom are athletic, they've experienced some athletic success. How do you think about that? You know, and how does your past and those kinds mm-hmm. of situations really inform your perspective on that?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think I agree with you that it reveals your character, um, but often it's, it's through knowing it and seeing it mm-hmm. that you then can deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. We, we 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 learn through our mistakes and we learn through failure, and um, and I think that's how God often helps us to mature, is he is he shows us our sin, mm-hmm. you know, and so, um, so yeah, so I think I think that, um you know, like the humbling that I went through, it was you know, I, at the time I probably didn't realize I was being pretty proud and and mm-hmm. thought you know I was. I Was something special, but um, pretty quickly it was. Uh, I'm not, you know. Yeah. Whether it was, you know, before I was a Christian as a as a, as a high schooler, you know, that was a, a star in high school and also no nobody, or you know, the safety becoming a linebacker and yep. you know, and not you know, and then that that senior thing. So um, so yeah, I I agree with you. And then as far as like, yeah, um, I, I agree with you. But it do, it is a venue that shows who you are. Mm-hmm. And then you got to, you got to confront with that. And it shows who you are like in your prowess. So like, I'm not fast enough. I'm not big enough. I'm, I didn't study film well enough. I'm, I'm not making the plays I need to make because like it doesn't lie. Like you either, you know, succeed. Right. Um, but it also then shows your character like, oh, I'm not, and, and I'm, you know, I'm not, the Lord's still very much working on there. There were, there have been times this year in the stands watching my son play football that I responded to a play in a way that didn't honor the honor God, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, so yeah, it's revealing what's there. But then, once revealed, that conviction and that change yeah, can then take place. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think I, I think yeah. having that, you know, because the the stands. I mean, talk about a <laughs> a wide array of of how people approach this. And you know, you sometimes you want to you want to grab the kids and take them home yeah. with you because you know that they're going to get chewed when yeah. they get home. As you, as you think about that, how are you trying, you know, how, do, how do you, other than obviously you're, you're wanting to give a good example, you're wanting to be encouraging, you're wanting to, um, to, to do that and to, to see the kids grow and learn from their mistakes. Is there very been times where you've kind of pulled someone aside and say, you know, I don't know if, I think you may be going over the top or has that been hard? Um, yeah. I mean, maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's you pulling yourself aside and saying, um,
1: yeah, I've, I've definitely at times taken sports way too seriously as a player, as a parent, for sure. Uh, my wife and I both would, would say that's definitely true. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, I guess as far as with my kids, um, what I they hear they they hear this from me all the time. They're probably so tired of hearing it. But usually when I drop them off for practice, same thing when I drop them off for school. It's yeah. it's honor God, work hard, have fun. Yeah. And um and really those last two are come out of the first. You know mm-hmm. you, you you can honor God by working hard, and having fun, and um and so that's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to. Do. We don't we're not the We have not perfectly fought the battle against the idol of sports um, by any means. And um, we're still wrestling through, like, what does that look like? Um,
0: And your kids still have several years that you're going to be, for better or for worse, you're going to have to wrestle through Mm -hmm.
1: that. But one thing that's, like, just for example, right now, I'm helping coach girls varsity at basketball at Petra, and uh, Josh Roberts is the head coach. He's doing a great job. And, you know, the the theme he picked for these girls in our kind of the the cornerstone of how we're trying to play is, is play free. You know, and that's built on the idea that you know hey, you're a, you're a child of God, you're loved, you're forgiven, you're part of a community mm-hmm. that loves you and wants to, wants to encourage you and support you. This this isn't this game isn't who you are. This right. win or loss isn't who you are. This layup isn't who you are. So you can play free and mm-hmm. you can you can have fun. And um, I I felt like I experienced that my senior year of football in college because I had I had thought I'd lost football. Mm-hmm. And so when I got to go back and play it, it was was just like, I was so thankful to be Mm -hmm. out there. I I just absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. I just really enjoyed that senior year. And I played way better, Mm -hmm. even though I was in that weird position, way undersized. That was my best season. Mm -hmm. In fact, when I got home after we lost to the Grizz, that last game, still sore a little bit about that. Um, I had a voice or a, a, a message on my answer machine and cell phones back then, um, from the surgeon. And I was really surprised. He was, he was an interesting guy, uh, definitely not a believer. And I definitely had a chance to witness to him several times through our relationship, but he left me a message. He took, And I just, am so struck that he would take the time to call me and mm-hmm. leave a message. Yeah. And he said, uh, he must've watched the game. Yep. Yeah. And he said, um, I didn't think you'd ever play football again. And somehow you ended up being a better player than you were before. Wow. And, um, you know, and I was, you know, just, it's all God's work. It's not cause I was bigger, faster, stronger, or anything. You know, I was, I was the opposite of that, you right. know? Um, but also it was that God, you know, I, I was enjoying a relationship with him and, um, and felt totally comfortable to play free, to, to play free. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I'm really trying to do with my kids imperfectly. I love the way coach Roberts is bringing that to the Petra girls basketball team right now. And, um, and man, if, if I only knew then what I know now, sure. what that what that could be like, you know.
0: We'll finish out the story because I think the, I mean the icing on the cake. You had your best year, your most fun year, and your freest year. But then you also won some accolades your senior year. That I'm guessing those uh, those those guys on either side of locker number 66 would have never guessed when Wyoming showed up. Yeah. What were the accolades that you took home? at the end of the season
1: yeah so the the defensive coaching staff voted me defensive player of the year and then my teammates voted me most inspirational
0: mm.
1: and uh, yeah i was surprised by both mm. um for sure uh certain it wasn't the most valuable player of the year right i wasn't the all-star by any means had some sure. great talent um two guys got drafted in the nfl that i played with and mm. um but uh but yeah i um it meant a lot to me i guess but but it what meant what it it just meant it just was just um thank you god cuz yeah. it was just all it was i it was so apparent to me mm. that it was um that it was beyond it was it was it was a gift mm. it was so apparent to me that it was a gift so um the, the gift to play the gift to have success um and, and to have success under those circumstances it was like thanks praise god cuz mm. he deserves the glory and uh and uh yeah just good good memories for sure
0: well wow. Yeah that's that's a that's just a great story Mike. I appreciate you sharing that with us. And so are you, as you think about the game today 20 years later you going to the game on Saturday? Yep. Okay, I figured you probably mm-hmm. That how does it work when you walk through town? Mm-hmm. Do people recognize woodbury do they say hey let's let buy you lunch uh, that's not happening i
1: i i was i was never the kind of player to have that kind well of, that's probably kind of true thing, but, you, uh, you
0: probably weren't flamboyant enough to get people uh, to notice you in that regard yeah. i uh
1: you know i see teammates and um and and, and that's great and love yep. connecting with them there was a time hunting in eastern montana on a ranch hand came up and we got talking he's like oh woodbury
0: from wyoming yeah you were a great player oh and i was like, "Wow." Ah, just hold on to that one (laughs) that's the one i got that's that's, that's, you uh, just need one you sometimes just need one so well that's great Mm -hmm. um as you think about um you know as you think about the game and um, you've transitioned really pretty well i think from football to married life you and shannon have been married how long now Oh, don't put me on the spot. I <laughs> I'm do, sorry. I gotta do math.
1: We got married in 2004. So 2004.
0: Okay, so think you two years. Yeah. So 18. How's 18. that? Mm-hmm. And and how did you two meet? Uh, we got
1: introduced by mutual friends at church. Okay. And then we ran into each other like all the time at Safeway. And uh, <laughs> so we strike up a conversation. Now, which one of
0: you was planning that?
1: <laughs> I think it was providence. To be okay, honest. Okay. Well, was, it wasn't intentional. That's but, an easy cop out
0: answer. Yeah. Well played.
1: But if I don't know, I wasn't quite witty enough to plan that far ahead. Right? Shannon <laughs> can attest to that. But uh, but it,
0: it worked out. Yeah. You got four kids. You mm-hmm. guys are at Trinity and mm-hmm. have been there at least as long as I've been there. It's seven years. And what what has your time at Trinity been for you? Ah, uh, just relationally and some of the things you've been involved in.
1: It's it's been it's been great for us. Um, there's a lot I could say about it. Um, we were I would say we were kind of coming out of a place. Um, where we felt like we were kind of uh, law, grace, law a little bit, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then um, what, we, what we found at Trinity was just. just a every Sunday reminder of the gospel, mm-hmm. um, who God is, what he's done for us, and the fact that we're in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know? And um, you know, years later, every Sunday, I still—it's not quite every Sunday— I, 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 almost every Sunday the first year we attended Trinity, I cried, mm-hmm. just because the gospel was so clear. It was just so clear, and so that's that's what we love about it. Um, you know, just every Sunday that that pointing back to who God is and what He's done for mm-hmm. us, just so beautiful to be reminded of that every every Sunday. The community's been great. Um, the teaching's been great. The, the, the worship, we're we're very very happy there. It's been great community for our kids mm-hmm. to be part of. Um, so yeah, we're we're very thankful that we're, were there. And, um, you know, when we left our prior church, we, we attended Trinity and then we never
0: left. Like we didn't, we yeah. didn't have the church show. We It's like, this is for us. Yeah. And it's been, it's been great. Mm. That's a great story. Well, anything else, Mike, that I forgot or would be good to mention? Uh, I really appreciate you sharing your heart and your your life with us. And it's just been really fun to put so much more on a football game or a sport you know these are real people these are real men who are playing football there's real need um in all kinds of levels and you know you think about the uh jamie smith who's a a philosopher you know he talks about the the civic religion of sorts that football is in america and there's elements of we gather we worship we you know, we, we, there's a call in response. It's, it's, tithing. it's yeah, there's tithing. Yeah. Big time tithing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. But I, th- I think that, you know, we are a religious people. We're, we're designed for, for that kind of interaction. And, and, you know, football is a wonderful sport. It's, it's, it's been great for, for so many people. And yet, you know, my concern is is with just about everything, whether it's football, baseball, academics even, whatever, is that that becomes in the place of God. And uh, I just think your story captures so much of more of a rightly ordered perspective. I know it probably didn't feel like that all the time. I know you can look back and there are probably regrets and laments and all those kinds of things, and we all have those. But to see an attempt made... At a better, more rightly ordered approach is really encouraging to me, and I just—that's why I wanted to bring you on—is mm-hmm. because I just, as I heard your story and and as I've gotten to know you and just see your life, um, that's what I see, and I just really appreciate your um, your heart and uh, for God and and also your heart for football. Go Bobcats!
1: <laughs> yeah, go Bobcats! Thanks, thanks for having me. Um, it's fun to reminisce a little bit and and just. Uh, just feel thankful in my heart for, for what, what God did then and, and able, have a chance to share that story and um, yeah he's so faithful he's so good and to think that years later I can still point people to him um, through that platform is who'd have guessed you know? so I'm very thankful way to go Wyoming